Welcome to another episode of the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, my government name. Let's dive right in. Up first, episode 1593 titled Legacy that aired on July 4th, 2022. In this clip, Adam and Drew discuss the overturning of Roe versus Wade and how their political views are accepted in some states while frowned upon in others. Check it out. I'm sort of I, – I, again, when, when people get so uh, emotional about stuff, I kind of have question marks over my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, like why is, is the most emotional group in the states where things are not only not changed, they're actually more protected? They, their governors have taken measures to really protect things. So they're most emotional on the coast, that's California, New York. California, New York has not not in danger of going down the Mississippi road yeah, on this. Not at all. Um, I mean, in fact, they want to pay your tax dollars to yes, bring them on in. Yes, we will. Uh, we'll, we will leave it to the states, and the progressive states will ostensibly become more progressive when it comes to yeah. abortion. Yeah, which is because they. They will have to do something to counteract something that's not affecting them or changing, which is the move they're going to have to make because right. they're, they're going to have to show they're going to have to grandstand. So New York and uh, L.A. will then or California will become abortion tourism towns. Right. And right. then we will provide Gavin Newsom is going to buy plane tickets and lodging to ostensibly people from Mississippi to come here and have an abortion that we who live in California will pay for. Right. And if we don't pay for it, the businesses might be able to pay for it as well. So there's yeah. lots of resources being allocated, which is good. Yeah. And, and I, I think the red states that are going harshly anti-abortion are going to create lots of circumstances that they don't anticipate. I mean, there are so many medical circumstances they're, that they're going to have to contend with. One of the things I get emotional about is interfering with the practice of medicine. Mm-hmm. And they have to let doctors protect the patient and the fetus, let us do our job mm-hmm. and, or, or make the right decision on behalf of both. And they're interfering with that. And, of course, here we go again. This is, this is where things go bad always. Yeah. So most abortions are done with a pill? Yes. Or half? Pill. More than half. More, More than, than half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Why, uh, why no pill in Mississippi? That doesn't make well, sense to me. Okay, it's really Louisiana is the bad one, uh, and here's what I have a, I worry about as it pertains to no pill. First of all, the the no pill thing. I mean, the pill itself has issues on both sides. On the left, please stop talking about people with coat hangers and dying in back alleys. This is not. It's not how it's done. It's a pill. It's a pill. Vast majority, and people will be more focused on getting that pill now because of the lack of access to to procedural stuff in the later parts of pregnancy. Um, we have a lack of access to the pill. Yes, you you have to go to California. The what's really unsure, uncertain right now is, can you have it mailed to you from California? And well, if you, can and if you, you and or if you are, it, or are you? Because well, if you accept it, what risks are you taking? Is the question. I, it makes sense to me that people would get the pill sent to them yeah. from a friend or a yeah. family member or yes. somebody in one of these more lenient states. That of makes course. sense. But. but the question is, if they get caught, what risk are they taking? I don't even think that's even been established yet, right? How so, long until you can't take the pill? Uh, the really, it's first the trimester. Pill? First trimester is the pill, really. Okay. So, And that's when most people have their abortions. And, and people are going to have to 
really, really pay attention. If they're later or if they have, you know, all kinds of – there are all kinds of medical misadventures that can happen, you know, both in terms of the development of the fetus and the genetics of the fetus and the position of the fetus later that are going to have to be allowed to be treated by physicians. But But we'll see. But as it pertains to the pill, the other thing is that concerns me is it seems like the pro-life world – and by the way, I don't have a horse in the race. I, I weirdly am not emotional about this, uh, except as it pertains to interfering with the medical practice. But the, the, it seems like the real pro-life has sort of really backed their position to life begins at conception, right? Wouldn't you say that's the predominant argument these days? They the, used to they used to horse around with implantation, and now they're just nah, at least the potential, the unique potential exists at conception, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. So what interferes with implantation is interfering with the the life. It's a, a murder in their in their their point of view. Mm-hmm. So what interferes with the implantation? Well, the abortion pill. Um, guess what else does? The birth control pill you take normally, IUDs, emergency contraception. All these things interfere with implantation. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be a purist with this, they start. You you might go down a path to outlawing. Birth control pills, mm-hmm. which is insanity in my opinion. Right. Uh, but it's – again, if you're too extreme on either end, you know, if you're too extreme on the pro-abortion side, you're aborting a child that has its leg sticking out during delivery uh, and just killing it. And if you're too pro-life, you're getting rid of everything that can manage pre- you know, and prevent pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm calling for sanity on both sides. That's That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, I, you know, both, both, both sides are going to gravitate toward their side. Yeah. And so they both are going to seem sort of extreme because nobody's for abortion, you know, partial birth abortions or any of that. It's, it gets, it gets ghoulish at a certain point. And then, uh, nobody wants, uh, you know the, the outlaw of the IUD or birth yeah. control or whatever. I mean, not yeah. nobody, but you know, nobody reasonable, right? So I think the problem. I heard somebody um, talk about this on uh, Twitter or something. Who knows anymore? <laughs> um, the problem with a lot of the stuff is, you know, um, I don't know, Bill Clinton, nineteen ninety three, you know safe and necessary and and rare or whatever was kind of the democratic approach to abortion, you know, was sort of, so basically what it was is there was a time when the Democrats were like, look, abortion's bad. Nobody wants an abortion. Nobody hopes for this for their children, but we understand it's necessary. And so what we, what our approach is we, we'd like it to be, Rare, as rare as possible. That's Bill Clinton's tweet right there. Abortion should not only be safe and legal. Because it was 93. Oh, this is his statement. Abortion should not only be safe and legal, it should be rare. An actual actual quote from 1993. All right. And I would. 96. 96. All right. So then uh, the majority of Americans went, yeah, okay. Yeah. Safe. Okay. Good. Legal. Gotcha. Rare. Yeah. Okay. That's the society I'd like to live in. Yeah. And, uh, but they kept going. 
and they just kept going. And then it just became, it's 100% the woman's choice and she can do it whenever she wants and it's her body and, uh, you know, up into the, into the third trimester, you know, that's her, that's her choice. And so then a lot of Americans got off, got off board with that. Yeah. I mean, they got off that train. Yeah, They're like, yeah. no, I don't, I don't think that's, you know, shouldn't have eight and a half months. No, no, no abortions then. Because that, that's how most Americans think. That's the same way most Americans think, no, birth control pills? No, yeah. no, no. We, we yeah. want we that. We want that. Yeah. That, that. That's fine. But, but isn't this whole thing a movement away from centralization and federalism and just let the states adjudicate exactly what you're talking about? Yes. Isn't that just the whole thing? It's, we live in California. We're, we've decided to do it this way. And well, we it's it. funny because you know, the ones who are complaining the most are like, it's, an, it's the end of democracy. And it's like, no, no. It's, this is specifically. This is democracy. It's not a democracy. Let, let your state vote for what they want. It's, it's specifically the Constitution's purpose was, is to form a union of, of, at the time, 13 different countries. And to sort of weave them together in some sort of collective, not to have an authority over them. Yeah. Right? So, or or right. are we disagreeing? We want to have that. I, I, I COVID taught me I don't want a lot of centralization. I don't want a lot That's of centralization either. And then we're going to get to this point, which we've been getting to for a while, which is uh, if your business and your, your business is you're progressive and you're, not, you're probably not going to open up a, a um, storefront in Louisiana. Mm. And uh, maybe if you're very progressive and you live in Louisiana, you may want to think about moving to New York or mm-hmm. or California. Good luck buying a house, but <laughs> you know, you'll go to one of those places where everything is super expensive. So that that is kind of how. And you know, conversely, if you live in California and you run a business, you might be thinking about Texas. That's just it's going to segregate that way. But but let's let's stand back from that and think. I don't know how to frame this except to say it's one of the unique things about this country mm-hmm. and, and maybe the reason it has functioned so well is this is this has always been the way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You sort of pick where the state or the territory you want to be in and you act locally in your democracy. Democracy mm-hmm. practice locally. And you know, and then the state, and then something weaves the states together collectively. Interstate commerce and things that happen between and amongst us has to be sort of regulated. But I, uh, the the massive federalism, maybe it's good that it's pushed back. I, I I don't think people are thinking that through, whether they like that or dislike that. We've gotten to this point where you know we want the president, we want the Congress to vote, you know, create some stuff so we can stop this or fix that. You know what I mean? Like we got to get some gun control laws in here. We got to get. Uh, some stimulus money going around. We got to get uh, COVID taken care of, you know. So, President, Congress, vote, fix it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. We're, we're not. I don't look. Um, if I thought they did a bang up job in that yeah. department, I right. might lean a little more that way. We just got done with COVID. It was a shit show. I, I don't. I don't like that. I, I'm with you on that. I think you live in a state, and then that state could be Florida. Or could be California, and then you go. Do these people, by and large, represent my feelings? Uh, find, there's, you know, there's a financial side. There's a sort of moral side. You know, there's a freedom side. You know, mm-hmm. I would have much rather been in Florida for COVID because 
the lockdowns didn't represent how I felt. Right. Now and, – And really the biggest excesses were perpetrated by our state. Yeah. And so, our county, really, well, when you get I mean, down to it. Look, Howard Stern was living in the right state for how he felt about COVID. Yep. Adam Carolla was not living in the right state for how he felt about COVID. Right. Ben Shapiro was living in the right state because he went to Florida. Yep. You, you know what I mean? So that's just kind of how it's going to be because whatever the next pandemic is, and, and we'll probably have one every 17 weeks now, I don't want to live in the state where they shut the beaches anymore. Monkey pox. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be in that that farm. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to the Adam and Doctor Drew Show Classics. Up next, we go to episode fourteen seventy seven, where guest podcaster and author Megan Dom stops by, and they discuss the crazy phenomenon of cancel culture. Take a listen. Megan, are you are you with us? Hi, guys. Hi, guy. Hi, guy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so uh, the podcast, The Unspeakable, and uh, this week's guest, Dr. Drew and Paulina, his yeah. uh, daughter, wrote the book. Uh, the book, uh, The Problem with Everything, My Journey Through the New Culture Wars. It's available on Amazon. Uh, Megan, kind of explain your status now and what the progression of it was or, or the journey was sort of within the system in terms of what your old life was like <laughs> and what your new life is like now uh, just to set the table drew and i've been through this to some degree as well but anyone who's ever listened to me knows i was never the toast of the new york times <laughs> or you know the socialite you know manhattan set <laughs> so i was never really in it i just got pushed all the way out of it and yeah. through as well. But talk, talk about your journey. Well, I haven't changed at all. So I don't think I'm canceled. I think uh, I'm, I'm kind of post canceled. I think <laughs> I was canceled before I started. So uh, it's all it all comes out. OK. Um, well, look, I've been a writer for more than 25 years. I've been writing essays. I've been an opinion writer. The reason I got into this business of writing and expressing ideas was because I thought it was interesting to say things that were surprising or, you know, provocative to people or invite people to kind of think alongside me as I as I look at the world, maybe in, in new ways. Um, and somewhere along the way, the job description changed and suddenly being a writer, um, a sort of person in the world with with public ideas it it became just kind of going along with a certain tribe, yeah. identifying your tribe and then adhering to that doctrine. And that's like completely the opposite of why I do my job or why I started doing this. No, I I concur. And I, I think to my friend, uh, I think about my friend Dennis Prager, who used to write op eds for the L.A. Times. And it seems laughable now. But back in the day, they so went, did I. Right. <laughs> well, what about Adam? They, I was for ten years. They, they said that's right. Uh, that's how we know each other, Adam. You were the subject of one of my most popular op-eds in the L.A. Times. Uh, and those that's a million years away in a rearview mirror of a car we don't even own anymore. So uh, this notion of and the conceit was well, they wanted 
uh, essays from the left, and then they wanted essays from the right. They wanted to hear what both sides were thinking because they were a newspaper in a major metropolitan city. Yeah. Now, that is completely gone, and you have – by the way, the, the op-ed stuff that comes out of – or the opinion, whatever, that comes out of the editorial stuff that comes out of Los Angeles Times is now just Looney Tunes. Yeah. They're insane. I mean, they – there's one that I always cite, and I think I cited in a book of mine, where they were talking about school shootings, and they literally said, well, if the teacher had a gun, then what? It would have prevented five kids from dying or eight kids from dying? Like, So instead of 10 kids dead, you have two kids dead. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, eight kids, you fucking retard. That's what the difference I is. I mean, you're you right. You're, you're putting this on paper and somebody's <laughs> approving it. Yeah. And no one raises their hand well, and goes, what the so fuck sure are you about talking? That. Yeah. The guy who went into the yeah. Wii Spa, who went into the female side of the Wii Spa, <laughs> according to the Times, L.A. Times had male appearing genitalia, but it was a she. It was a she who had social construct. It it appeared to be male genitalia on a woman. Isn't your genitalia a social construct? Oh God, damn! Be a little more creative about yourself. Here's a question: Does anyone read the Times anymore? I mean, like, what's their circulation? Like, who looks at that? I'm not, I got to take the fifth there. You know, some of my best friends work for the LA Times. You know what's so funny? I mean, I was a columnist there for 10 years. I look back on some of the columns I wrote. I can't believe they ever got through. They would never get through now. And no one batted an eye at the time. I remember writing stuff about, I wrote a column comparing when during the 2008 election, comparing uh, Barack Obama to an Eames chair and Hillary Clinton to uh, uh um, an old sofa <laughs> and it was totally fine yeah. Like, yeah oh you know we're comfortable with her she's an old sofa but barack obama's this shiny eames chair now can you imagine now yeah so it's people like, people should know that the eames chair is a sort of euro i mean it wasn't they're out of venice but I it think, has but then now it's very I'm, euro and sleek yes, and very slick of, and, of the time but i wonder yes. if there's even like a racial component now that it that just came out of my mouth i'm like i bet somebody could find a way to yes aim shows aim shows are black aim shows are black you would be absolutely excoriated for yeah they are yeah I you know. can get them in I walnut thought of that. Uh, you can. <laughs> look they just called larry elder the black face of white supremacy so i know that they, was an amazing headline incredible headline in the la times and it, by the way was not particularly diminished here it was sort of digested as yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the black face of racism well i yeah. mean maybe wow. maybe that is the ultimate in a level playing field if we can get enough black men to be the face of white racism you know maybe maybe, right. maybe that is their, right. their journey toward equity maybe that's the ultimate equity right well if you don't see color then you're erasing the other person and so if you're if you're a black person and you have internalized racism that makes you sort of indirectly a white supremacist, right? Well, so here, think about it. So here's the question for you, Megan. Um, <clears throat> I was just uh, at an event with some uh, fairly woke people, and uh, I had one of the Wokenista gals who I'm, I'm good friends with and known for many <laughs> years. And she she was following me around the event, and and she just kept saying, you got to stop talking about like X, Y, and Z. Stop saying whatever. And I just kept saying, I say whatever I want. 
that's that's what I do. And she'd go, yeah, yeah but but stop it, stop it. And but I kept going, I don't, you. I don't care. I don't. I, I just say what I want. I'm not. I'm not defending it. I'm not saying I wouldn't have more money in my bank account. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I say what I want to say. That's, that's the only way I can answer your question. Who yeah. are all of your ex friends at the Times or your current friends at the L.A. Times who <laughs> well, have decided have to start off. telling, start saying what people told them to say, or they? If it's not implicit, it's it's understood. Who are these people? Why are they journalists? Well. There are people. It's not just journalists. It's people in academia. It's people in corporate America. It's people in HR departments. I right. mean, I hear from people every day. I'm sure you do, too. I get dozens of emails a day. People telling me I'm afraid to speak up. I'm a teacher. I can't say what I think. I'm a lawyer. I you know, there are utility workers who have been canceled because remember that story, the guy in Southern California, like a utility worker, he had his hand hanging out of his truck, you know, driving along. And it was like construed as a white supremacy uh, symbol, the way he had his hand. You do the OK thing or the two fingers. Yeah, which also like who knew that that was a thing. And somebody took a photo and it went viral. But, the you know, the the real tragedy there is that the company fired him. Did they really fire him? Of it before. I think they temporarily fired him and it because they would rather answer to uh what is really a very small minority of very loud people on twitter than actually use their brains and investigate so leadership does not step forward that's the problem well, th- th- i think that's, i think there's a no bigger issue we've been t- we've talked about it for a long time adam is that people are afraid to be adults and afraid to take to, yes. to live up to the authority of the position they're in so college administrators are afraid to be seen as authoritarian People who run businesses are afraid to be seen as somehow not cool because mm-hmm. you're you're exerting your authority, which is the, your job, which is actually your, in your job description. And so people are allowed to run amok and there's no leadership. Right. But what I'm saying, let's just say beyond fear of gainful employment or lack thereof. And uh, that's a, that's an important thing. And there's being ostracized, you know, in your community, family, peers and friends and things like that. What makes somebody like you and, you know, to some degree, a, a Bill Maher and to some degree, an Adam Carolla, just say what they want to say anyway. Okay, not not I, totally I affected the by the stuff that seems to af- it affects it's like we're right. living in a house with a horrible radon gas problem, but Megan Dom is not affected by it and everyone else is laying down on the floor. Why are you not affected? Okay, I have a couple theories about this. I think we all might be a little bit autistic. <laughs> we're a little bit um, like we don't really care. And also, I th- I think that it's it has to do with our temperament. And you know what's also really interesting? Have you noticed that there are more men in this kind of space than women? Yep. There are more of you. There are more Bill Mars. There are, you know, a lot of the sort of public intellectuals who talk about race are black men. John McWhorter, for instance, um, Coleman Hughes. There aren't a lot of women uh, speaking up. And I think that's because the social penalties for this kind of thing are such that uh, women women get it harder and women I, I, are sort of I, we, well, we here's, never get programmed we, here's, yes, but let me push programmed back. to care more yes, yes to, uh, I'll push back a little yes. bit in okay. saying I don't think we're harder on women I think they're harder on themselves and they care that's more what I, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying right. I think they care more we I, have yeah, noticed, I, so right. I think that 
Adam, I've predisposed noticed, to caring more. Adam, yeah. Adam, I've noticed our female friends are sort of late millennial age are very fearful of uh, the mob and Twitter. Like, don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah, they could, they'll, they'll say something. Don't, it's much like your friend was telling you. Just shut up. Just shut up. Just shut up. They, they're very aware of the and, reaction of the mob. And much like me when I meet someone who says, I don't care for lasagna, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like, <laughs> they keep saying to me, you need to X, Y, and Z. And I go, I don't care. And they go, But you have to. I mean, come on. You know, and I go, I just, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And they go, they're way more interested than than I am on my behalf. And it doesn't even compute with them. That's the whole point. I don't go, look, maybe I'll take a little hit financially or personally or socially. I'm not interested. I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm a comedian. They don't go, oh, okay. I respect that. They they, they do not accept it. Yeah, I think we just have to not care. And the idea that women um, get harassed on social media more than men do, that's just not true. That is that has been proven untrue. That is one of those myths flying around out there. And like, anyway, who cares? That's like saying I've, I've received death threats on Twitter. How 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 is that possible? Like, I feel I feel as if my life is in danger because somebody tweeted at me. That makes no logical sense. We'll be right back with more of the Adam and Dr. Drew show classics. We are back with the final clip of this episode, so let's get right to it. We check out episode 1077 with AJ Benza, and that aired on May 17, 2019, and they talk all things pop culture. Here we go. AJ Benza. What's happening? I like AJ Benza. A lot of drug Benza. talk. A lot of drug talk in hot, the hallway. Hot drug talk from uh, yesterday. <laughs> um, fame's a bitch. Or fame is a bitch. Yes. Sorry. It's Monday, Wednesday, right. and Friday on Podcast One. Uh, and I'll say this about AJ. You can also sign up for his Patreon and get uh, podcasts every day. AJ breaks down a lot of the scandals and the tragedies of Hollywood. <laughs> and AJ says a lot of things that sound outrageous, but... No one ever, no one ever walks them back. Like what? Well, like what? I've said a lot of things that over that the have years, come true. everything. Well, I've never been sued. Well, like what I'm kind of saying years. is, just like remember Jose Canseco was like, I did roids with Alex Rodriguez, and I did roids with that guy, and I did roids with that guy, and everyone, oh please, is it? It's smirching the good name of this guy's a lunatic. No one sued him. No, he's right. Did anyone sue him? No, of course he, he didn't. <laughs> Commonly done. You get sued. Look, if Only you don't if you're do wrong. it, yeah. and you, yeah. then you sue him, but nobody sued. I'll him. tell you something. Five months ago, I had a story on my Patreon that um, from a great source that he said five months ago. Uh, nobody wants to play with LeBron James in L.A. Uh, Magic Johnson is going to get thrown out of the Laker organization because he has sexual abuse allegations that come out him like flies. And the Lakers have to pay women off more than really? once. He said, Luke Walton will be out as coach and Jason Kidd will replace him. Now, I thought everything was right until yesterday they said Ty Law is going to be the coach, Ty Lue. And just before they broke it, he's, he's out. He's done. They even had a cake that said Lakers on it. And now Jason Kidd is the name. <laughs> everything this guy told me was true. How? And people how, thought I was crazy five how, months ago. How does an inside source work? You just – it's. Look, you have to know who to get close to. It takes a long time to develop a number of people like that. But generally, any type of story that's breaking, whatever field it's in, I know I'm a phone call away from getting really close to it. And then it's just a matter of you know the satellite people I know around that person. Yesterday, today's show, I 
I'm sure you're friends with them, so I don't know. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you know what you know, but uh, you know, Kim Kardashian's body at the Met Gala was so. Now, I think from the waist up, she is one of the most beautiful specimens in the world. From the waist down, it's like a dinosaur. Like a, it's just a Pegasus. Too much. So why does she look this way? So I, I've been looking at it, investigating, and I found someone who says eight surgeries in 2018, eight procedures in 2018 alone to take the fat out of her stomach and her back and put it in her hips and ass. And the lower ribs removed. I don't know about that part of it. You would know more about that. That can be done. What do you, yeah. you I've heard that's what about, you got done? What does that mean? I mean, I've... I've to I've, look the way she looked at that. I'm looking the, at pictures of her. I mean, she's yeah, Sophia I did, I did, I'd heard multiple sources that there was fat, you know, put certain places. <laughs> yeah, and it's obviously to, to uh, Kanye's specs. Right. You know, or yeah. whoever was before him, but he's molding this into what he wants exactly her to be. True. Yeah. I got a cultural question for you. Oh, yeah, I know what it's going to be. Oh, By the shit. way, <laughs> when you said uh, waist up, <coughs> I'm fine with that because I yeah. take all my sexual notes from um, the song One Night in Bangkok, oh. <laughs> where he announced Maury Head uh, announces that I get my kicks above the waistline, right. sunshine. Which is right. like the, it's the gayest eight seconds <laughs> ever recorded. I don't care if you got two, two, uh, two bears going bareback and one's behind the other. It's still not yeah. as gay as Maury Head yeah. saying that one line about getting his kicks above the waistline, above sunshine. The waistline. Yeah. It's the gayest thing ever recorded in human history. Do you know that, Drew? Uh, I, I now do. I've enlightened. Well, you gotta, cultural. You got to yeah. Google it. Cultural Gary's going to find that Murray, Murray Head, sorry, I, song. I, but yeah. uh, here, here's my it's, thing. It's actually from a musical. Oh, well. Oh, that, yes. That'll do it. Called chess. Oh boy! Yeah. Now that. Drew, wow. that's the gayest, that's the gayest thing. thing. Yeah, now it's got gayer. Move over, happen. Murray. There's a new gay sheriff in town. <laughs> this town's not gay enough for the both of us. Jerry, Gary, check that me was out a of trap that. to check see if out. you were in fact the gayest man <laughs> on the planet. That was from a musical, Sunshine. Whoa! So um, I, I try to think about this a lot. The, the the black men mm. and the sort of tractor beam that is the rump mm. on the women. And as a guy, I'm a boob guy and I like an ass, you mm. know, but I'm just like, it's not the bigger, right. the better. Not like bigger this. than mine. Right. You know, I, it's I a prefer. tractor. And then I sort of realized. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you realize? I thought, well, really, what's stopping me from being a, an ass man? Your penis and I, wouldn't reach the vagina. That's, that's what I'm, one of that's, those. That's a good point. That's what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking... <laughs> You've got to have something <laughs> below the waistline, sunshine. sunshine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if that's going to be, if, if if that's your weapon of choice, sure. that kind of ass, sure, you're going to need a tool to handle that. And and I'm saying, aptly put, aptly put. Like, you take a look at guys who work on smart cars and Yugos. You look in their toolbox. It's one size. Right. Mm. You look at the guy who's your diesel mechanics. Right, they've right. got big breaker <laughs> bars and stuff. You know what I mean? Like a one-inch drive breaker bars. And if they have to, they're yeah. working. Sure. You see what yeah. I'm saying, Drew? Yeah, yeah. We got Maury Head. Oh, I mean, oh, Murray Head. Fantastic. The musical or the, the video. I get my kids above the waistline, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> the gayest oh, act ever. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Is that from a musical, Drew? Gary, check me out. Uh, wow. You better pray you're wrong. called Chess. Now, yes. I've oftentimes thought about it, and I do come back to that. 
Is well, there anything I, that I also think that you know in different regions of the globe we we evolve as humans in different directions and maybe certain preferences evolve with that. I, you I'm know, th- I think that's a reason why a lot of I date a lot of black girls, and a lot of them tend to like Sicilians, you know, dark Italians, and Italians like black girls. Except when we're growing up, from my generation, you really couldn't talk about it. Mm. My father died when I was twenty-one, and then I was able to experience it. We're looking at the musical chess. <laughs> And that line is in the musical chess. One night in Bangkok. The whole, the whole musical, the whole song is from that. Oh, I didn't know the whole song yeah. was from a musical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Wait, the musical came before the song? No, the song was in the musical. And oh, it, that's it, how it came. And then it, it became a, a song. I didn't know that. I lost all respect for Murray Head. <laughs> this it says be, it's a song from a concept album and subsequent musical chess. Subsequently, okay. 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 Right. So well, now we're back on the Murray train. All right. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've seen stories about sort of asymmetry in the buttocks sticking out this far that way and coming out that far the other way. Um, It's sort of a – as a society, it's interesting because on one hand, we never stop beating ourselves over the head with evolving and women and my little girl and I'm going to tell her she can be – she can be president and blah blah blah. It's like a, it's, it's never it's all the blo- the blowhards just beat beat right, right. beat the drum. Equality, equality, equality. No glassing. <clears throat> I'm not going to a world where every woman has a chance. Right? <sighs> but the ones who dominate are still Kim Kardashian with no right, waist right. and a huge ass and sure. putting in fat injections and making money on Instagram. Like uh, yeah. as much as we try She's to be getting a law school degree, you know? right? Yeah. As well, much as we try to be this society, we're still that society, mm-hmm. right? And you know what? You don't have to pass the bar exam in L.A., right? In California, right? Yeah. It's a different kind of test, isn't it? No, no, you have to pass the bar. I thought California is one of like four states that is. It's the only state. It's one of four states where you don't have to go to law school, but you that's, have to pass okay, the bar. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Okay. I I got the this word of warning to uh, Garagas and and any attorney listening out there. You better fucking hope she doesn't pass that bar. She will because oh my god! All I I hate. I I hate DJs and I hate electronic music <laughs> and if they ever try to sell it to me like it's some kind of art form I go or Paris Hilton can do it when she's super hot yeah yeah with no fucking background sure. and no experience because right. she can fucking push a button on a smartphone just yeah. like you can do now she can't play the oboe in the fucking Philharmonic <laughs> but she certainly can do what you do because you don't do anything so this is what law will be you better gone. fucking hope Paris Hilton can't do what you do it's time yeah, you for got, you to fucking quit the business right. and. When Kim Kardashian passes the bar, that's going to be a bad day for Mark Garrigan. Because she'll go, I'm an attorney. Oh, like Kim Kardashian. Yeah, like her. Laura Wasser has held the title as probably the most beautiful L.A. attorney for a long time. Kim Kardashian, she gets that rank. It's going to be a close call. Laura's the famous divorce attorney. She's great. Yeah, We were almost in a TV show together. We were going to do like a gossip uh, kind of team up together as a guy-girl kind of thing uh, like 15 years ago. But it didn't work out. Yeah, she's great. And, then, and so I'm thinking more about again. I'm, I'm, my mind's kind of spinning about this sort of. Uh, she's going to be a guest on Reasonable Doubt in the coming weeks. She's yep. good. She's really. Good. Oh. She was a guest on my podcast, yeah. right? Yeah, she was. Yeah, oh, didn't know that. Uh, but they're like Britney Spears is in trouble right now. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. I I, I think she's in real, real trouble. Especially I mean, this that, is yeah. I mean, her mental illness is. She if we're not for her dad's conservatorship, she she'd be in the homeless. Well, I heard that. It was even much worse than we thought. TMZ tends to protect her for some reason. They're not telling you the whole story. The father was so adamant about her getting more treatment, staying in that ward. He said he canceled the Vegas show that she was about to have and said, you can blame it on an illness of mine. Yeah. 
and that's what she did. But apparently, it was not about his illness at all. Uh, it was strictly about her fighting the meds, not taking them. And yeah. you know, and she gets out a couple of days ago, and we see her driving a car on the phone, getting on the one hundred and one. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to the Adam and Dr. Drew Show Classics. I've been your host, Big Brother Jake, host of the Big Brother Jake podcast here on the Podcast One Network. Remember to check back each week for new episodes. And while you're at it, don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Deuces!